My name is Brent Adams, and you're listening to Pro Lacrosse Talk. On Shriver. Spider whip. Scores. Now it's Brent Pinnell scores. Hands off for Rabel. Switches hands and scores. Kylie O'Miller showing off those shifty skills. Right off the bat, there's Lyle Thompson. Behind the back flip for Brent Adams. A crow hop and a laser. Welcome to Pro Lacrosse Talk, the voice of Pro Lacrosse. I'm Hutton, he's Adam. Together we're bringing you interviews with your favorite players and coaches, as well as news from all four professional lacrosse leagues. We're here with Brent Adams, midfielder with the Redwoods Lacrosse Club and Premier Lacrosse League All-Star. Brent, welcome to the show. Appreciate you. We appreciate you coming on the show today. Um, we've, you've been on our list for a little while, and then now that the fact that the PLO just announced their championship series, I think it's a, a perfect time to kind of dive in. But we want to kind of start off uh, where you first started playing lacrosse in Connecticut. You grew up in Norwalk, Connecticut. Uh, when did you first get exposed to the game? Uh, I got exposed in middle school. Um, both of my brothers started playing in high school, older brothers. Um, so monkey see, monkey do. I wanted to do everything they did and uh, picked it up a little bit earlier than they did, um, which is probably the reason I, I'm still playing. <laughs> Absolutely. You went to Fairfield University. You had an awesome career for the Stags. You, you notched 100 points, All-American honors your senior year. What really went into the decision uh, to stay close to home? Um, it was, uh, you know, it was always in my backyard and I, I remember going to see Fairfield games, uh, growing up. I had a buddy that owned a concession stand actually on Fairfield beach. So I was familiar with that area too. Um, and once it actually came down to going to visit and actually think about going to the school, Mm -hmm. um, everything just fell into place. I, I I liked, uh, I was recruited by coach Spencer, um, and then coach Copeland, um, his first year was my freshman year as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just all, it, it all felt right. I mean, being comfortable, um, obviously parents were influencing me a little bit to stay close to home and, uh, it, it was just, uh, it was a good fit for me. And, um, you know, I loved my time at Fairfield and, uh, wouldn't trade it for anybody. No, that's great. And now, you know, you get to play against coach Copeland, uh, in the PLL. We'll discuss that a little bit later, but we want to kind of start too, when you made the jump to the pros, you know, your first year was on the Chesapeake Bayhawks. You won a championship. I mean, you were on a roster it's pretty loaded with, you know, Bugs Combs, Kyle Dixon, John Grant Jr., um, yeah. you know, and half of now the Atlas coaching staff with Ben Rubio and Stephen Brooks. Um, yeah. You guys went on to win that championship that season. What was that experience like, though, you know, winning it right off the bat, your rookie season? That was awesome. Um, my, my first game was actually out in Denver, and it was my first experience in the MLL, and I, I flew out and wasn't really, wasn't really familiar with the, you know, before game rituals and all that kind of stuff that goes <laughs> on, but it was pretty – relaxed as you can imagine um but I flew out to Denver met a bunch of guys in the in the hotel and uh and then played my first game and my first goal um and then played every regular season game I actually didn't end up playing in semis or the the finals um but just to be a part of that locker room was really great learning experience for me um another situation where you go from you know being a big fish in a small pond to just the opposite and mm-hmm. um yeah, it was, it was great to learn from those guys. A lot of vets on that team. Obviously, John Grant Jr. I've become very close with now. He lives right down the street from me, play golf with him all the time. Mm-hmm. But uh, those guys were, were great to learn from. And kind of how they carry themselves in the professional stage um, was, was great to kind of step into and have them be mentors. And you have guys like Polanco and Spolina ready to take anybody's head off for you, you know, yeah. on the field. And um, just them setting that example was, was something that was, was really refreshing because – um, you go from that college scene to professional and you think there's going to be kind of a lapse in, in the, that team mentality. And um, it was, it couldn't be further from the, from the, you know, the reality of it 
those guys are just weathered athletes and competitors and um you know stepping into that a locker room like that where it's regardless of the fact that you only see each other twice a week it's when we're together we're together and you know I'm gonna lay everything out in the field for you um and have you back so it was really cool to be a part of uh, and then after that season you ended up uh in Boston uh that following season I had a ton of success with with the Cannons uh, what do you think really kind of took your game to the next level once you made it to Boston? Um, I think uh, – so when I, I first got into the league, I, I was playing defensive midi um, mm-hmm. with Chesapeake. So, I mean, going from an entire career of playing on both sides of the ball, um, it just kind of gave me something to work towards. Um, mm-hmm. So in the postseason, I made sure to kind of get back to everything that made me successful in the first place and, and uh, kind of in my mind – get back to playing offense as well. Obviously, I, you know, I love playing on the defensive side of the ball as, as much as the offensive side of the ball. I want to play everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think once I kind of got put into that category and I'm completely fine playing a role, um, but it's, it's not how I want to play lacrosse. Um, so that kind of drove me a little bit to, to both be more of a threat in transition, um, mm-hmm. you know, know my matchups a little bit better, um, study a little bit more, do a little bit more work outside of, um, you know, the, the time that we had as the team. And that, that's a difficult thing, I think, for a lot of, um, you know, especially it's transitioned a little bit now where professional players are most, most involved in the lacrosse industry where they have time to train and all that kind of stuff. But when I first got in the league, um, it was very much apparent that everybody just kind of showed up and, and did your mm-hmm. thing. And there wasn't much talk midweek and, and, and guys working on training and, um, you know, coaches sending out weight room uh, packages and all that kind of stuff. Um, so it was really, it was really tough for me to kind of flip that switch and be like, all right, I got to do it, but no one making me do it. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I think that was a, a pivotal point in my career where I, I realized that I had to be putting in the work by myself. Um, especially, I mean, not to say that I wasn't doing that before, but it was more apparent to get to where I wanted to go in professional lacrosse to put in the work myself. No, absolutely. And then you, you kind of, you know, it's expanded your skill set a little bit when you made the jump to the NLL with Colorado, Colorado Mammoth, uh, you were reunited with John Grant Jr. there. Um, talk about that experience too, you know, making the jump to the box lacrosse game. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a tough jump. I think, uh, you know, most of the Americans that end up playing in the box um, kind of shift to the defensive side of the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Joel White, mm-hmm. um, just kind of filling that transition role. Um, mm-hmm. And that's where I thought that I was going to be in the game um, right off the bat. And I didn't think there was going to be as much of a learning curve, but it was, it's a different game. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's a different beast. I, uh, my first experience was actually, um, I was, uh, I was with Shrinking, and Cal- I met Callum Crawford on a flight out to uh, the Shrinking headquarters. And uh, he was like, hey, if you want to get involved in box, like come up and play in Canada. Um, so I played senior B for a season up there in Ottawa. And my first time stepping onto the floor was a cement floor with wooden guys with wooden sticks like on a res. And it was just like a complete culture shock and like I was like this is lacrosse like what is going on here I didn't understand the shifts I didn't understand front door back door like none of that stuff so um it was definitely thrown thrown to the wolves there but um 
No, I think I think it's it's an amazing um, different style of lacrosse that translates to the outdoor game uh, tremendously. I mean, all the in tight six skills, the the fast pace, the physicality, the pick game, two man game, um, all I think kind of stuck with me right off the bat. Um, especially at that, you know, in the point in my career where I've played three, four years professionally, um, I was very much a student of the game and and mm -hmm. that kinesthetic learning uh, I, I took to to heart and really tried to study and and see why it was different and where I could be successful in the game so um, yeah I think I think immediately after coming back obviously I got hurt playing my first year indoor um, but when I came back onto the field game I just kind of thought about it a little bit differently thought about offense a little bit differently and transition and and number matchups and all that kind of stuff so um yeah, I think it did. Uh, it did volumes for my my outdoor game and my my skill set offensively. Nice. Yeah. And kind of speaking of that outdoor game, you made the jump to the PLL uh, last season, and it pretty much was immediately clear that your game was a perfect fit uh, for the PLL rule set. What what really made you decide to make the jump to the PLL and and talk about that season one with Redwoods? I think. Uh, you know, Paul's leadership is definitely one thing that stands out when you when you talk about making the jump and why I did it. Um, having a conversation with him on the phone about it and hearing his excitement and everything that's gone into it and all the research and and all the work that they've done to make the league what it is. Um, yeah, I mean, what they've done with the championship series speaks to the the professionalism and and mm -hmm. the the creativity that they have. Um, that was something that you could see from day one. Um, and it was something that I wanted to be a part of, you know, the names on the list of the people that were going to make the jump. Um, you know, I wanted to be a part of that list. And, and if you're talking about the best lacrosse in the world, I want to be playing the best lacrosse in the world. And if there's a question about what league it is, I think I, you can kind of just look at the players and, um, make that, make that, uh, determination for yourself. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was something that I, I definitely wanted to be a part of, regardless of whether the, the rules changes and all that kind of stuff and, yeah. and the innovations that they, they've taken on. Um, but yeah, the, the style of game is, is something that I like to, like to play. Obviously, with that eight seconds off the shot clock, it just adds a little bit more of a sense of urgency, which is, yeah. is cool for me. Um, being able to get up and down both sides of the ball is uh, something I really like to do and uh, hopefully will continue to do pretty well. <laughs> No, absolutely. And, uh, you know, you and the Redwoods had a magical run last season, unfortunately ended in heartache. But, um, you know, talk to me a little bit about that, you know, the regular season, that playoff run. I mean, you had a, a great playoffs series and then you also almost had one of the longest goals in PLL history that ended up being an assist. But, uh, you know, still got on the board in the statistic column. But talk to me a little bit about that season, you know, Coach Nat St. Lawrence leadership. And then, you know, how hard was it losing that championship? Yeah, it was uh, it was a really exciting time. Obviously, with the the emergence of the PLL and forming a new team, and obviously we have a you know the heavy Notre Dame contingency on our team, mm -hmm. but it's it's all guys that are are trying to figure out the puzzle um, as best as possible. And we have a new coach, and it's new for everybody, and it's new for every team. So it was uh, it was a really cool time to kind of put everybody's test, put everybody to the test of you know figuring it out. Um, you know, figuring out the roles that people are going to play. Um, you know, the lineups changed a little bit, but we, we kept pretty much the same same team, whereas other teams were just kind of, you know, floating around. And even when we, um, you know, had a couple uh, low points, we still, you know, I, 
testament to coach Nat. We, we stuck to our true north and, and kind of trusted our guys. And again, we, we moved in a couple of guys um, from the practice roster, but uh, you know, it was the same squad week to week, which was really mm -hmm. cool. Um, and yeah, it, it was, uh, it was an interesting last few games because obviously we had to win by that goal differential against the Chrome, mm -hmm. which is, you never want to be in that situation, right? Mm -hmm. we, we lost a couple of big games and we lost to the whip snakes up in Canada by uh, an amount I don't I don't want to think about <laughs> yeah. but uh but yeah we we, uh, we put ourselves in a situation where we had to win by a certain amount of goals and then um, it just didn't feel like we were really hitting our stride until that semifinal game mm -hmm. um, and it, and then we made it to the championship and it was like all right you know this is one game there's no reason that that we can't win this and uh, everybody kind of bought in and obviously the game didn't start off the way we wanted it to but the resilience of every guy in the locker room and and it's lacrosse we're all we've all been there before we've all been down by a big deficit but that can change especially with two pointers especially you know with the the quick shot clock like that can change at any time so I think the the goal going into halftime was a huge momentum shift for us we were kind of you know hanging our heads a little bit and then something like that happened and it was you know kind of a a little a little kick in the butt to be like hey you guys are still in this um and yeah Wesley tipping that I, I no doubt think that he like actually tried to tip that as it went <laughs> in but uh yeah that was a, a a tough loss of course um but we're right there you know we uh we're gonna build towards next year and um not too too many changes in the off season, but uh you know I'm confident with the squad confident with conversations we've been having and uh yeah I can't wait to get going with this championship series it's uh it's a super, super cool format and something mm -hmm. to, to get excited about. And again, it speaks to the, the creativity to, to be able to put something like this together. Obviously, the other professional leagues, the NBA, NFL, can't really do something like this because of their legacy and the, their, their initial format. But we only have one season under our belt, so we can kind of do whatever we want. Um, mm -hmm. So I can't wait. I think just the, the idea that now everybody is preparing to compete for two weeks is like, it's huge. I think yeah. historically everyone kind of comes into the season being like, all right, you know, I'm not going to be in the best shape in the beginning of the mm -hmm. season. It's tough to get into lacrosse shape when you're not playing anyways, mm -hmm. whether you're training and running sprints or all that. And lacrosse, being in shape for lacrosse is a lot different. Um, so I think guys are going to take, uh, take that very seriously and, and everyone's going to come in, sh in really good shape. And it, it's it's kind of like that Olympic style mindset where mm -hmm. everything that you're doing in your training is, is building up to one event. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm really excited to see the, the style of lacrosse, the speed, the pace and everything. So it's going to be fun. It's awesome. Have you changed just kind of on that topic? Have you changed uh, your, your workout regimen now that this has been announced since it's going to be more of a sprint than long distance? Not too, too much. I, uh, I have been just spending a lot more time on the field. I have a, a turf field right across the street from me. Um, so doing a ton of different cone work and shooting and, and all kind of stuff that I would do if I was doing a private lesson, I'm kind of putting myself through those, those uh, you know, exercises and drills and all that kind of stuff. So a lot more on field stuff right now for me, rather than being, you know, in a gym. Um, but yeah, just kind of doing what everybody else is doing and picking and choosing home workouts and all that kind of stuff. So yeah. Awesome. And kind of going off of that a little bit too, uh, speaking of some new faces in the league, Andy Copeland's now the head, head coach. 
uh, of Water Dogs, and we talked to him, and he's super excited to, to get going with things. Uh, you, like you said earlier, you entered at Fairfield pretty much at the same time he took over the program. What's it going to be like uh, being on opposing sidelines come July? Uh, I think it's going to be fine. I think we'll, we'll definitely be chirping each other a little bit. Um, he, he, we had a couple conversations when he was trying to figure out if he um, wanted to take a position in the PLL. And, uh, you know, I know Charlie and I talked to him. And, um, we, I mean, obviously we have nothing but great things to say about the PLL. So I'm really glad he took that spot. And I think he's going to be a great fit. And guys are going to definitely buy into what he's got to sell. And, uh, you know, I'm excited for Charlie to get his, his opportunity to be the starting goalie. And, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Looking forward to kind of sparking that Fairfield uh, relationship again for sure. Not many of us in the uh, in the pro pro uh, realm, so mm-hmm. yeah, definitely happy for him. Yeah, no, that's great. And uh, to shift a little bit from the the pro game a little bit, you did recently start clinic sports uh, with Redwoods teammates Nick Asello and Matt Cavanaugh, um, as well as Molly Ertle and Dempsey Arsenault. How did that idea of clinic start? And you know, tell us a little bit about what you guys do. You know, obviously, I think quarantine probably messed up plans a little bit. But you know, what do you guys do at Clinic Sports? Yeah, so I actually was presented with the idea. Um, it's a few other Notre Dame guys as well, with Nick Asello, Matt Cavanaugh, um, and Adam Adam Goins and Connor McCullough. And I was actually on a road trip with my girlfriend at the time, and I was stuck in traffic. And I get a call from Nick, and he's like, "Hey." Like we're, we're thinking about starting a lacrosse company that travels out of a, a camper van and gives clinics. And I was like, I'm in, sign me up. <laughs> um, so, you know, a few months later, we kind of, um, you know, crossed the T's, dotted some I's and got me involved. And um, yeah, that's basically the gist of it. We, uh, we outfitted a camper van um, with the goal of traveling around to pretty much underserved areas. Obviously we're, we're still concentrated on some hotbed areas. Matt Cavanaugh lives back in, uh, in New York. So he's going to try and, you know, predominantly be working in that area, but, and Nick and I both live in the Denver area. So we're doing a good amount of work here. Um, but yeah, we just really want to be able to, you know, spread our knowledge of, and passion for the game, um, and do it in a creative way. Um, so, Yes, quarantine has, has kind of halted a lot of our efforts right now, but we're being creative and, and trying to figure out different ways that we can pivot. We're doing a lot of Zoom calls um, with programs. And I think, um, you know, the difference with what we're doing, we we're not trying to just go into a community and, and run a clinic and, and just get out of there. We really want to create relationships and, um, you know, revisit them and really see the progress that they have. Um, we we don't have too, too much structure, which I think is, is the really cool thing about us. We're, mm-hmm. we're creative in everything that we want to do. If a program says, Hey, they, they want us to come in for a week and just completely give them a facelift. We're willing to do that. If we want to, if they want us to just come in and run a, a coach's clinic, a player's clinic, a skills clinic, skill specific clinic. Um, we're kind of working with everybody on that. So we're still kind of figuring out all the, all the moving pieces with that, but we're definitely excited to, to kind of, have our reemergence back into the coaching scene after quarantine is lifted, most likely going to be pretty local to start. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the, the whole traveling aspect and most of what we've been doing has been in Montana, Wyoming, Utah, Idaho, just beautiful parts of the country. So we're trying to mix in that kind of adventure lifestyle mm-hmm. um, and how we make it work with, uh, with playing professional lacrosse and um, you know, really just, just give give people kind of a creative idea of what we do um, as professional lacrosse players, and um, you know, 
as, as human beings, really. Yeah, no, it's great. And it's great you're going to those areas that, you know, lacrosse isn't that big and it's growing. Um, so I think that's, you know, tremendous, too, that you're growing the game out west. Um, yeah. That kind of wraps up our main questions. We're going to take a quick break here, a word from our sponsor, and then we'll go into our 5-5 five and five segment. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Today, I also want to talk to you about Phoenix Supplements. I started using Phoenix Supplements after searching for a supplement brand that didn't use any unnecessary additives. Phoenix's line of supplements use only the required ingredients and is free of any fillers that many supplement companies use. Not only that, but their supplements are produced here in the U.S. in an FDA-regulated facility, and the best part is they taste really good. I personally like using the Orange Dream School Protein Blend in the morning, and I use their Chocolate Whey following workouts. So if you're interested in trying Phoenix supplements, visit their website, fnxfit.com, and use the code PROLACROSS to receive 15% off your order today. All right, so welcome back. Let's dive into our 5-5 five five segment now. So I'll start off with the lacrosse questions. Adam will take the off-the-field questions. The first one I have for you, Brent, is what are some songs on your game day playlist? Oh, man, it's, it's uh, pretty Lil Wayne heavy. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, Cannon, um, Let the Beat Build. Um, yeah, pretty much everything in that realm. <laughs> yeah, some classic pump-ups there. Uh, number two, who's been your toughest matchup during your professional lacrosse career? Toughest matchup. Um, I have a problem, you know, whenever I get switched on to an attackman, I think on the defensive side of the ball, I think guys like Joey Sankey, Matt Cavanaugh, um, just guys that are a little bit lower to the ground um, mm-hmm. are, are tough for me that, with their quickness and everything. Um, and then offensively, I think guys like Michael Earhart are, are definitely hard to, to get by the long rangey defenseman that it doesn't really matter if you have a quick step on them. Um, they're still able to get a stick on you and kind of disrupt your pass or shot or something like that. So um, the long range, you guys definitely, definitely give me a, a little fits. Gotcha. Uh, number three, who's a PLL player right now that you think is extremely underrated or underappreciated? I think Jack Neer doesn't get enough love. Um, he's, he's a guy that, you know, I knew about before, played against him a couple of times, but um, you know, coming into training camp, I remember dodging on him and he was just on me like glue. Um, and obviously D middies in general don't get enough love. So, um, his ability to, to play one-on-one matchups is, is, you know, unmatched. So, so yeah, that's definitely going with Jack near there. Yeah. And he really sparked that, uh, kind of turnaround too, you know, later in that, that championship game as well with that crease dive goal. I remember yeah. that. I think you guys had the majority of the, I mean, it was pretty even whip snakes, redwoods, but once Sounded like it was a Redwoods crowd once you guys got going. Later. Oh yeah, definitely. We we had the crowd behind us, and and he's a guy too that's super vocal and, and huddles and everything. And I I just love everything he has to say when he opens his mouth. He's just he's an intense guy too. So uh, yeah, he's a, he's a great teammate. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, number four, what is your current lacrosse stick setup in terms of shaft, head, and stringing? Um, I have the STX Stallion setup. Um, so. My pocket has actually transitioned um, as of late. I used to play with pretty much a tennis racket, um, which is still kind of the case, but 
I've got a little bit more of a bag and it's kind of a, a higher pocket because of indoor. I want the ball to come out quick. I'm kind of always up here by my ear. Um, but yeah, I've, I've, haven't paid too too much attention to to my stick. I, I'm I'm not much of a tweaker, but mm-hmm. I I make sure to keep it uh, in good condition and probably go through ahead of season. Gotcha. And then number five, what has been your favorite venue to play lacrosse at so far? Ooh, it's a tough one. We had a lot of good ones last year. Um, Gillette's pretty pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, having having my family there too. My mom's from Boston. You know, family lives in Connecticut now, so was able to get a bunch of people to that game and uh obviously Gillette makes makes the the fan base look a little bit smaller but it's just still too cool to be in in that uh you know in that venue and and knowing you know the people that have gone through those locker rooms and everything like that it's pretty cool yeah no for sure and then some of the off the field questions number one uh what are some hobbies or activities you enjoy doing when you're not on the field uh, so I live in Colorado and, uh, I'm in the mountains all the time. I'm hiking, snowboarding, climbing as much as possible. Um, takes up a lot of my time. So been doing a good, good amount of that during quarantine. Yeah. yeah we saw the frozen beard a few times. With, uh, <laughs> yeah. <football. laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm still looking for maybe one or two more of those. <laughs> there we go. Uh, number two, who is a non-lacrosse athlete that you think would excel on the lacrosse field? Ooh. Um, I mean, there's, there's so many. I mean, I, I couldn't imagine a guy like Le- LeBron James stepping onto the field. I think even uh, you you kind of take his stature and you, you think defenseman right away, but I think him as a midfielder would be a force. Sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, guys all over the, the realm of professional sports, Lionel Messi would be a, an unreal attackman. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So just a couple of those. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You kind of spoke uh, a little about what you're doing um, when you're not on the field. What's your favorite place in Colorado to go? Is there a specific mountain you you really enjoy going on the slopes? Or um, I like Steamboat. Steamboat's r- really good. They got the champagne powder up there. I've been there a few times. Got a couple of buddies up there. Um, and it's just beautiful. The drive up there from Denver is great. Um, but, yeah, all the I-70 mountains are, are awesome. Breckenridge Vale, um, Beaver Creek is great. But uh, yeah, I'm still I'm still looking to expand and, and go out. To, I haven't been to Telluride yet or Crested Butte, so those are on my list. I got a lot more to do. Nice, awesome. Number four, what is your favorite meal, and if, do you prefer to dine out, take out, or cook at home? Uh, so it should be cook at home. <laughs> <laughs> um, with quarantine, yeah, I've, I've definitely been cooking a lot more. Um, my favorite meal's got to be pizza. I've recently switched to vegan vegetarian diet. So that's my, that's my kind of, the worst thing that I eat in my diet is pizza pretty much right now. So um, yeah, there's been some, some homemade tries at it, but I'm usually just a a takeout guy with pizza. (laughs) What made you make the jump uh, to do uh, the vegan vegetarian thing? Uh, Mostly the influence by my brother. Um, It's kind of, for a lot of different reasons, um, both my, my health, overall health performance, um, something that I hadn't really done in my, my career prior, um, focused on my diet and what I'm you know, taking in every single day. Um, I think at this point in my career, I'm, you know, I'm 29 and got to focus on things a little bit more. So uh, it's just something for me to follow and, and has some guidelines. So um, it's really just more you know, designing a structure than anything else.
Cool. Uh, and then the last off the field question, since we are in quarantine, we're always curious. Uh, our fans want to know what's a, a book or podcast you've been reading or listening to. And since we are in quarantine, we're watching a lot of stuff too. What's a, what's a potential show uh, that you've been binging on quarantine? So I've got, I actually just tweeted about this. I've gotten into a weird rabbit hole. Um, I watched the Waco uh, show on Netflix. Okay, yeah. And then uh, Wild Wild Country, which are both, that's, that's a documentary. The other one's drama, um, but obviously based on, on true events. Um, but that whole uh, realm of, of cults has been intriguing recently. So I've kind of been uh, diving into that a little bit. Um, and then I'm also reading uh, Ego is the Enemy. Okay. Um, just I, I, I appreciate uh, different books that kind of dive into our thought processes and it talks about different athletes and different leaders throughout history that, um, you know, either have let their egos get in the way or have, um, you know, completely dissolved the, the thought of the ego and, and really um, allowed it to propel themselves and put others first and all that kind of stuff. So it's a good read. Yeah, all I love all of Ryan Holiday's books. Yeah, They're awesome. Mm-hmm, yeah, we read. Uh, we actually did a project in my one business class, kind of on uh, that. The the professor kind of we dived into you know uh, his writings and egos. The enemy. I haven't read the full book, so that's definitely something I have to pick up. But uh, yeah, definitely a good suggestion. Uh, well, yep. our final question, Brent, for you. Uh, we like to end on this question for all our athletes that come on: Is what is some advice you have for a young player looking to one day play lacrosse professionally? Um, I think enjoy the process. Um, and that's all encompassing. It's, it's everything from, uh, I was on a podcast last night with a high school from my, from my hometown and, um, just talking about the stretch really. Mm-hmm. Um, and how you see, I coach high school lacrosse out here and I coach a bunch of youth. Um, but you kind of go and go through the stretch. Um, and you see a lot of players kind of just walk through it. They're talking to their buddies and they're not really taking it serious. And I think it's, in many ways, the most important part of practice um, where you, you're kind of clicking in and, you know, ignoring everything else that happens outside, all the exterior, you know, influences and all that kind of stuff. And you're, you're checking into practice and, um, and, I, and for another reason, you're just taking care of your body. Obviously it's something that I'm, I'm more focused on now that I'm getting a little bit older, but I wish it was something that I, I, you know, harped on a little bit younger in my career um, where I'm taking care of my body and I'm also mentally um, focused on, you know, getting into the mindset of practice or getting in the mindset of, of the game and taking a second to myself. I've never been really a rah-rah guy to, to pump everybody up, but I've always kind of just internalized and, and focused on my role and my, my task at hand. Um, but yeah, I think now more than ever, I, everyone's kind of secluded and quarantined. So um, you really have to take pride in, in the little things that you do and, and, you know, create a schedule for yourself and um, really determine what, what things you need to do to be successful. Um, Cause they're different, you know, player by player. And uh, yeah, something that, that I've taken to heart in, in the last few years, definitely because I'm trying to elongate my career. Um, mm-hmm. So definitely just focusing on the process and, and, be okay with being bored, um, you know, with the stretching and, and kind of doing the same drills and the same workouts sometimes, eating the same meals even, um, mm-hmm. being okay with the process and, and trusting that, uh, you know, your goal is coming. No, that's some great advice, I think, for our young listeners. Uh, remind people where they can find you on social media. 
Yeah, my Instagram is Brent Adams CO, and uh, and then we have at Clinic Sports C L N C underscore Sports. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, come check us out, and uh, maybe we'll be bringing the van through uh, your location sometime soon. Yeah, hopefully sooner rather than later. Yeah, definitely. Well, Brent, we really appreciate you jumping on, and we're looking forward to you know watching you in this championship series with the Redwoods. Uh, best of luck. I appreciate you guys. Thanks for having me. Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Today, I also want to talk to you about Tomahawk Shades. Tomahawk Shades have an array of both quality sunglasses and blue light glasses at a fraction of the cost of popular sunglass brands. Their blue light glasses are perfect for guys like me who spend hours looking at a computer screen when editing. They also have a great collection of sunglasses with pro athletes like Kylie Olmiller, Kyle Harrison, Mike Chanichuk, and Chris Hogan repping the brand. So if you want a pair of the shades the pros wear, visit TomahawkShades.com and use the code PLT20 to save 20% on your order today.